The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, and welcome to the Monday edition of Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is the one, the only, the luscious, Laura. Say hi, Laura. Hi. All righty. So what do you got for me today? I'm, I'm looking at this name of Robert Liston, and honestly, that sounds like a fucking bank broker. It sounds like <laughs> it somebody be calling him. Yeah, like, hey, um, you know, how much do I have in my account? And they're like, <laughs> nothing, because well, you're an asshole and yeah. you lost everything. Actually, this guy, it, it's not the usual tale of brutality for a Monday. He actually did a lot of good things, but it, it's his brutal efficiency and his uh, his brutal honesty that really... That's the brutal thing in this. He's the only doctor to have ever had also um, an operation that had a, a 300% mortality rate. <laughs> How the fuck do you go past 100? Well, I will tell you. So, uh, Robert Liston was born on October 28th of 1794 in a small village in West Lothian, Scotland, the firstborn of Reverend Henry Liston, the village minister and a pipe organ inventor. His mother died when he was six, so he was raised and taught by his father. He entered the University of Edinburgh at 14, which totally makes me think of like Doogie Hauser. That's kind of what I, that's right where my, my, yeah. my mind went. <laughs> Only two years later, in 1810, Liston began his medical training under the famed anatomist John Barclay. He was appointed house surgeon at the Royal Infirmary in Edinburgh in 1814 and was admitted to the Royal College of Surgeons in London two years later at age 22. Even then, Liston had a reputation as an argumentative and intimidating man, especially when he stood to his full height at six feet two inches, which was a giant you want to know why? Because he was on the lock looking for Nessie. Exactly. <laughs> you get awful upset when you're looking for Nessie and she doesn't show up. That town is actually, that is where uh, my family comes from in Scotland. That part, the Scottish part of my family comes from the exact same town. What, what for like where Loch Ness is? Uh, Lothian. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wow, they're looking I don't, for I don't know too? if that's there, but. <laughs> <laughs> we went out there looking for Nessie too. Yeah. She didn't show up today. Nessie. <laughs> A disagreement with Barclay led uh, him in 1818 to open his own anatomy class, which attracted 60 students that winter. Liston was known as a fearless surgeon who would operate on patients sent away from the Edinburgh Infirmary by other surgeons who thought that their conditions were too severe. Without apology, he expressed his disapproval of surgeons he did not respect and whose practices he found inferior. Some patients had been rejected by surgeons at the infirmary, leading to a charge that he was inducing patients away from the facility to his own practice. The accusation led to a brief banishment from the infirmary, but he was soon reinstated. The stormy episode probably contributed to his decision to accept an appointment as a professor of surgery at the newly opened University College Hospital in London. He was only 34, and he would remain there for the rest of his life. In an era where surgical skills meant boldness, precision, and especially speed, Liston became known widely for his surgical excellence. His nickname, the fastest knife in the West End, still endures today. That scares the shit out of me. Right. I, I, don't, 
<laughs> I don't honestly want my doctor to be known as the fastest knife fucking anywhere. Um, at this time, you do. <laughs> at this time, um, the faster the better. But I just keep thinking, you know, I, I would rather my surgeon being, you know, uh, we call him slow and steady. <laughs> He's got a slow hand. <laughs> That's right. You take your time with that shit there, buddy, because you're fucking hacking me open there, and uh, I'm not cool with it. His, yeah, his... Uh, his above-the-knee amputations from incision to final suture were completed. His record was uh, 28 seconds. What the fuck? Yes. Oh, so he used a chainsaw and uh, just went for it. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm cool. I'm, I'm following along. I follow along. His uh, visiting surgeons packed Liston's surgical theater to witness his unparalleled technique. With a showman's presence, he would nod to the medical students, pocket watches in hand, and say, Time me, gentlemen. Time me. Nothing up my sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, patient survival in Liston's era before anesthesia, asepsis, which was like like setting bones and things like that without cutting someone open so they don't get infections. Oh, okay. That makes um, sense. And blood transfusion often depended on how quickly the surgeon could complete the operation and control bleeding. However, Liston was much more than a lightning-quick hatchet man. Believing that surgery was often a patient's last resort, he firmly believed that a surgeon must know when not to operate. Well, that makes sense, too, man. Yeah. So far, I like him, except for being so fucking quick. <laughs> he's quick, but he's good. Yeah, that's still, uh, man. That's amazing. I don't, I don't want to see him coming in there like fucking David Copperfield. or fucking, <laughs> Time like, me. <laughs> time me on this one here. <laughs> I can get out of the straight jacket in 3.5 seconds because yes. I'm Houdini. <laughs> I don't want to see that shit. I want I want him to be paying like fucking close attention. Close, I don't want to see anything. Attention. I don't even want to be awake for that shit. So. No, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> In the preface to his text, "Elements of Surgery," he noted that the study of anatomy and pathology had led to a better understanding which uh, w- of which conditions were best addressed by surgery. He wrote, "The functions and structure of parts are more frequently preserved uninjured." Mutilation is more rarely required, and operations are dispensed with. The wider the extension of pathology, the fewer the operations will be, thus affording the best criterion of professional attainment. Who will question that there is more merit in saving one limb by superior skill than lopping off a thousand with the utmost dexterity? Uh, It depends on what kind of day I'm having. (laughs) Liston made several contributions to the progression of aseptic practice, even though he practiced a half a century before Pasteur and was known to clench his knife in his teeth when his hands were otherwise occupied, like when he was doing stitches and stuff like Fucking that. Fucking Jack Sparrow shit going on right there. <laughs> God damn. Arr, I'm a pirate. <laughs> I'm a leg pirate. Yeah. <laughs> Giving all kinds of peg legs out. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> now go sail the seven seas. Before the discovery of microorganisms and formulation of the germ theory, his routines and surgical hygiene probably came from an inherent sense of cleanliness and order. He was one of the few surgeons known to wash his hands prior to an operation, long before Simmelweis introduced hand washing at the Algamines Krakenhaus in 1847. I had to think about that one for a second. He always wore a clean apron for each operation, counter to the common practice of wearing the same apron caked with blood, pus, and filth as evidence of ability and experience. Jesus Christ, yeah. man. <laughs> Isn't that... that... Bringing ha- you're, you're bringing half your patients with, with you to you, the next yeah. surgery. That's fucked up, man. 
<laughs> he shaved surgical sites prior to incision, a practice recognized only within the past decades to increase the risk of surgical site infections. Surgical sponges had to be clean. His dressings were soaked with cold water only, not the salves and other nostrums that often harbored infection. Uh, Liston performed Europe's first operation under anesthesia on December 21st, 1846. At the conclusion of the operation, he said, this Yankee dodge beats mesmerism hollow. Referring first to the first use of ether in the United States and to mesmerism, the discredited attempt at using hypnotism for pain control during surgery. It sounds like it's an ether or situation. Yes. <laughs> That's good. That was oh, a good I'm, one. <laughs> I'm full of the fucking bad dad jokes today. I just, oh, because now the coffee's finally kicking those in. Those are my be- favorite. <laughs> well, before, before you guys got here, I drank like a pot of coffee because I woke up with that sleep hangover. Yes. And I've been waiting for it to kick in and now I'm full of piss and vinegar. So y'all are fucked. <laughs> I'm on my second rock star, so let's hope that kicks in soon. Liston was among the few to reject the notion that the excruciating pain of a surgical procedure without anesthesia enhanced the healing process. That's not going to help me any. Not at all. I don't need to suffer like that. He he revolutionized the way amputations were performed, uh, the operation for which he was most noted. A standard method was a circular incision. So this would be like if you were amputating, yeah, an arm or a leg. Uh, Starting with the surgeon's arm wrapped behind the extremity, poised to sweep around its circumference as the surgeon pulled the scalpel around the limb. This, however, left a cylinder of skin, subcutaneous tissue, and muscle that was difficult to pull over the end of the bone. Liston's solution was to leave a U-shaped flap that could be turned over as a pad over the cut end of the bone. His technique was to insert a long knife into the midsection of the limb, parallel to the bone, then sweep it outward to slice the soft tissues outward. It required a long, straight knife that had both edges sharpened at Liston's request. See, it sounds gross, but it actually makes a lot of fucking sense. It It makes a lot more sense. Than leaving just... An open, like that's people died of infection all the time. From, right, right, right. You know, just having it open. Um, the famous Liston knife became a standard amputation knife ever since. He also invented forceps with a built-in snap that kept the tips pressed together to control arterial bleeding. To guide the expert surgeon, Liston had three principles outlined in the introductions to his two multi-volume surgical texts, Elements of Surgery and Practical Surgery. First, and to Liston the most important, was a mastery of anatomy. He wrote, The foundation of the art of operating must be laid in the dissecting room, and it is only when we have acquired dexterity on the dead subject that we can be justified in the operating room. That actually makes a lot of sense, too. That's very different than uh, J. Marion Sims, who had <laughs> never practiced on anyone before. You must have ESP because I was actually just, Were you just thinking that about up. that. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> Where the fuck? Was, why didn't Sims go to this motherfucker here and go, "Hey, look, I'm going to be torturing people. I'm sorry, ex- uh, experimenting uh, yeah. <laughs> to cure a disease because I wouldn't torture anybody ever. I would never ever do that. Do that. But um, how can we do this, you know, less painfully so I don't have to wrestle them? And he'd yeah. be like, this is the way you do it, motherfucker. Yeah. 
So, you know what? I think that Sims being the mother of gynecology is retarded. I think that... He's uh, the father of gynecology. Oh, that's the father. (laughs) 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 I can't can't sip that shit off now. Keep on thinking mother of psychology, because I'm thinking he's a motherfucker. Yes. Um, But yeah, man, I like Robert Liston's fucking... His his dealio so far, he's doing it fairly... You know, as much pain-free as you can at the time. Right. He's come up with ways to, that they're not going to get infected, as opposed to Sims that, like, you know, most of his patients after they... Uh, after enduring repeated... Surgeries, yeah. Surgeries. Still got infected, and, yeah... The, the and ma- died from it, yeah. yeah. And he took care of the... Uh, what, what was that? Where, where, where it kind of all mel- melded together? What was that called? I can't remember. But the vaginal... A va- it's a vasal... Vaginal, Va- vaginal, vaginal, whatever, something. It's yeah, very, yeah. So Vesico vaginal. That's what it that was. was yeah, it. yeah. So while he did cure that, eventually, Heather, <laughs> yeah. But during the time though, even after he cured that, you're still opening up that patient to a shit ton of fucking infections oh, on yeah. top of that. Well, and they're already dealing with right with all with so many contaminants before you've even started the surgery. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like me saying, okay, I can, I can, I can heal your hurt foot, but I have to chop off your hand. First, yeah, yeah, and that's that, that, that's exactly what I feel like he did. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah, your foot's better, but I ain't got a hand. Well, we weren't worried. Well, we weren't worried was, about your yeah. hand. Don't yeah. look at that. <laughs> Don't look at your hand, but you can look. Pay attention to the good thing here. Yes. Your foot, your foot's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yes. cost an arm and a leg to get that surgery. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Liston believed that the emotions of the patient were next in importance. He knew that his patients felt that surgery was something to be feared. It is of utmost importance to attend to the state of the patient's mind and feelings. He ought not to be kept in suspense, but encouraged and assured that his apprehensions must be allayed. If the patient expressed dread, the operation was postponed or canceled. Once the operation was completed, Liston considered the task only to have started. He wrote, attention to after-treatment is of much greater importance than the operation itself. The practitioner, yeah, aftercare, yeah. The practitioner is not to rely on success, however well the manual part has proceeded. He must consider his labor only begun when the operation is finished. The patient is yet to be conducted by kindness and judgment through the process of cure. Actually, it's kind of revolutionary that he even said that because the one thing that uh, that we learned in psych classes is uh, the the use of positive reinforcement on uh, detrimental situations. So, like after if you're sick, for example, the, right. there's an old saying, and I think that everybody's heard it, is that laughter is the best medicine, right? And oftentimes it is because it helps your brain control certain hormones in your body yes that make it you know you you have to have you have to have a reason to live you really do exactly so if you're going to go into surgery and you're all fuckered up you're like fuck it i don't care if i live or die and you're like you know then you're probably gonna die yeah your your body's not gonna heal as fast uh, and uh in your recovery fuck it's gonna take forever it's gonna be painful yeah but if you're getting that positive reinforcement like, hey, man, you're, you're healing great. You're making great strides. You're making great progress. That's why doctors tell you that after surgery. Right. Um, you heal faster because your body is programming itself to do so, um, as opposed to what we said that Marion did, that, that fucking asshole. Yeah. Um, you know, what the fuck? It, it's just a slave girl. I'll yep. feed you, but I'm going to yep. cut you up. I'm still pissed off about that one because, you know, vaginas are very important to me. <laughs> 
they're important in general, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they're, they're definitely important to, to you girls because you yes. guys own one. I don't personally own one. I don't want to own a vagina. But <laughs> I digress. They're still super important to yes. me. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, I think it goes food, shelter, wa- you know, uh, and, and water, and vagina. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's fair. Yeah, that's, that's pretty high up there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to become really handy with that vaginas. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Blood flow. Mm-hmm. Blood flow aids in healing, so disrupting the disruption of blood flow aids in healing. Right, and I've, brought it back, I've actually brought up cortisol before because a lot of people wonder why they gain and retain weight and fat oh, and things like that. Oh, it's all in your stomach, yeah. Yeah, because cortisol, is a, is, it, it's a stress hormone, and it actually... Uh, yeah. And it it's from when we had to run from, like, fucking mountain lions and shit. Right. Because it... it it's meant to trigger fight or flight. Yeah. And so when you have this buildup of, of cortisol, especially for us guys, it affects your testosterone. It, that makes uh, it sense. Actually, yeah, it, it cancels out your testosterone. So if you bring that cortisol level down, your body can better utilize things like testosterone, um, which help you, you know, get in better shape, feel better, have better, better sexual prowess, you know, be, you know uh, so many benefits. Just feel better in general, I would imagine. Oh, totally, totally, totally. That is true. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I love testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the arousal. Yes. <laughs> now come here, little girl, sit on my lap. <laughs> I've got candy and testosterone for you. <laughs> or in my case, if I'm around high schools, I got free Wi Fi. There you go. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I got a hotspot right here in my truck. Yes. I need to come up here. <laughs> yes. Um, third, Liston felt that a surgeon must be willing to take <coughs> courageous action, confidence that came from study and experience. He spoke of timid surgeons who left patients to die on the operating table for fear of making the wrong decision. Jesus Christ. Yeah. This was unacceptable. Age did not guarantee experience and ability. Being a surgeon who started his career at a young age, Liston argued that the volume of cases dictated your experience, not how old you were. Um, He said the greatest number of well-assorted facts on a particular subject constitutes experience, whether these facts have been culled in five years or 50. It's only from experience directed and aided by previous study that accuracy and celerity of decision can be acquired. Besides knowing in what manner to proceed, the surgeon must know well before he acts and also the precise time at which he should interfere. With knowledge and confidence derived from experience, he will perform such operations as are indispensable for the removal of pain and deformity or the preservation of life with calmness and facility with safety to his patient and satisfaction to those who assist in or witness his proceedings. Liston was tough and demanding. He was especially harsh to trainees who served as his assistants. They received severe criticism in the operating suite when their performance did not meet the professor's standards. He was generous outside the hospital, however, and appeared to compensate for rough treatment during surgery with an invitation to his home for a tasty dinner. Not of people. 
for once <laughs> in a story like this. It's really bizarre that we both expect that to happen. Right? They're going to eat somebody. We've been dealing with a lot of cannibals and yeah. everything. Yeah. Back to his house for a tasty dinner. Oh, I see what happened. He killed somebody and he's serving up a leg of, yeah. a leg of Bob. Yeah. Uh, Liston would not stand for practices that he considered unethical. One of his most famous confrontations was with Robert Knox, surgeon and unindicted collaborator in the notorious uh, Burke Hare serial murders of 1827 and 1828, which have been covered here. Uh, William Burke and William Hare were grave robbers who supplied anatomists and students in the lucrative trade of bodies for dissection. Liston grew suspicious of Knox, suspecting that the corpses that uh, the latter used for his anatomy demonstrations were victims of the infamous duo. Bursting into Knox's laboratory with his students, Liston found one of the corpses, a young woman named Mary Patterson, in a lascivious pose. Outraged, the powerfully built Liston threw Knox to the floor and retrieved the body for a proper burial. He had absolutely no problem letting his opinion be known. Jesus, I think I honestly like this guy. I like this guy. Like he, a lot, a lot. This is yeah. A, I mean, seriously. Um, on a serious note, even in today's society, it's hard to find doctors that you that that you can be confident that you can be safe around. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all want to feel safe around our doctors and everything, and I understand that. Yeah. But you know, still, I mean, even with my doctor, I'm talking to her on video chat because I have to do a once a year fucking checkup thingy where she goes hey you know you're still on your meds and haven't killed anybody okay you're okay um you know i still kind of i give her the side eye a little bit like um you know what bitch i don't know what you're up to (laughs) you know uh you could be stalking me i don't know you know i'm afraid to come see you because you might prison shake me you know like a scott on dinner for you know for dinner tonight i don't know what the hell is happening but this dude this dude here i like this guy yeah this guy's pretty all right so far Liston denounced practices that he considered objectionable and unscientific. He publicly disparaged uh, disparaged James Yearsley for removing the tonsils and uvula for stammering. That used to be what they considered a cure for, yeah, for, for stuttering. Yeah, I can understand the tonsils because tonsils sometimes have to get removed. Mine were removed, right? But, but not, not for, for stuttering. Studi- not not no. for stuttering and not. You know, not my uvula. No, that's That's, kind of an important thing. That's kind of fucking super stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Often correct in his assertions, he was not infallible. His hubris had fatal consequences in a child that had a neck mass. Convinced unequivocally that uh, it was an an abscess, Liston took a knife from his apron and, and plunged it into the mass. Unfortunately, the mass was indeed an aneurysm and the boy bled out. Ooh, damn. Yeah. One, so he, one he death. made uh, a mistake. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh. People make mistakes. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But, you know, if you have a huge ego as a doctor and you're like, ha-ha, I'm Superman, and you're plunging fucking scalpels into people's necks, <laughs> that's, I, I'm just saying, I, I like him as a person, but He's right like, there, get out of my way. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's like, maybe you shouldn't be plunging scalpels into boys' necks. Perhaps that's you not, uh, wait, you know, yeah. That doesn't sound, that, that doesn't sound orthodox. I'm just <laughs> saying. That's not, no bueno. Uh, occasionally, this is, this is the funny part, o- occasionally Liston's speed and showmanship actually were a hindrance to his operations. Uh, once during a leg amputation, he, he lost was, the rabbit out of his hat. <laughs> he was a little overzealous cause you know, he did this real fast 
and he took a patient's testicles off along with the leg that was being amputated. The fuck? Whoa. Whoa, back the fuck up. Back (laughs) up the goddamn bus. What the fuck? Whoops, too fast. You literally just made my asshole pucker up so tight. I'm going to need a crowbar to get the chair out my ass. God. Oops, sorry, but your leg's okay. Your leg's fixed. Well, you got another testicle. Duh. (laughs) No, he amputated them both. Oh my god! Yeah, what the whole the thing. Fuck? Yeah, it must have been an amputation that was like high up in the thigh, but like, like my that's true. My groin already hurts right now just thinking about that. Okay, I gotta lose a leg. That's pretty bad. But losing legs bad enough, man. But you kind of hey, sorry, man. Your nuts. Well, they kind of got in the way because. <laughs> You know, how did it happen? Well, it happened real fast. Yeah. <laughs> real fast. How big were they? <laughs> I, so, funny story. Got a little nuts with the knife. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it was a slippy pill. God. <laughs> Your wife's going to be pissed. <laughs> his, his most famous mishap, and this is the 300% mortality rate, um, was the operation where he was moving so fast that he took off a surgical assistant's fingers as he cut through a leg while switching instruments and at the same time slashed through a spectator's coat. Uh, the patient and the assistant both died from infections because the patient had gangrene. And so once that knife went through that and cut off the assistant's fingers, then they both had it and they both died. Um, and the spectator was so scared that he had been stabbed um, that he died of shock, like he had a, a heart attack because he thought he had been stabbed and he was going to die. So he's like the, the, the British version of a Benihana chef. Yes. That's what he is <laughs> yes. right there. That's Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm fucking terrified. You know what? I when, when, when eventually we go to London, I am not, I hope to God I don't need any doctors because now I'm terrified. <laughs> I don't want nobody getting no wild idea. Like, hey, I want to be like Robert Liston. How about you don't, motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> this ain't Benihana. This isn't a sushi chef. You keep your fucking knives <laughs> to yourself, okay? It's like those guys at Steak Escape. Do you remember that? Oh, I'm, I'm, in the mall. Because I, I, I've, I've worked at the mall several times, like in the 90s, and I would eat at Steak Escape, and those guys were like that, like Benihana with the, the whole, what they were doing on the grill there. Jesus was, yeah. Christ, man. <laughs> The, the fiasco is said to be the only known surgery in history with a 300% mortality rate. Jesus Christ, oh. man. Liston died in 1847 at the age of 15, uh, 15 of 53. Oh, I was going to say, God damn, he did a lot for being a 15-year-old. <laughs> you know, 15, you're taking uh, off nuts. I see yeah. how mistakes happen. You're 15. I've got to kind of give you credit for that. Uh, of a ruptured aortic aneurysm. Oh, brutal. Yeah. His funeral was attended by 500 students, friends, and pupils. Uh, for nearly 100 years following his death, the Liston Medical, uh, the Liston Medal, I words today, uh, for surgery was awarded for surgical excellence at University College Hospital. Yeah, who's not showing up for his funeral? The guy who took the finger off in his nuts. Those two there, I'm pretty sure they're like, <laughs> nah, we're not like, showing I'm up. I'm going to watch it from over there. Yeah, like, we're not even going to go. Fuck this guy. He took yeah. off my finger. Yeah, he took well, off he my Well, he died nuts. anyway. The guy who got his fingers cut off died anyway. Oh, that's right. He died anyway. It's yeah. <laughs> fucked up. Uh, popularly known today for his 30-second amputations, Liston had a substantive 
impact on surgical technique and his use of flaps and amputations and in such commonplace instruments as his amputation knife and locking vascular forceps. His practices had features that anticipated aseptic surgery. Uh, His stature and imperious behavior influenced surgical education. His operating theater and wards were austere locations for learning. His trainees were challenged by his high standards, and he had, uh, and he had still treated them fairly. This fostered an environment for the continual pursuit of excellence. He was unabashed and candid when it came to criticism of his peers. He yeah, he was a cut above. He was a cut above that's, the rest. That's good. Less known today is his devotion to his patients. His era was one where patients entered hospitals fearing certain death. Uh, with a justified terror of surgery. At the time, the normal mortality rate for surgery was 1 in 4, but for Liston's patients, it was 1 in 10, which is a lot better. Uh, Liston understood that he had a responsibility to his patients' feelings. His duty as a surgeon was to have a thorough knowledge of anatomy and pathology and be experienced and accurate in diagnosis. Surgery inflicted horrible pain and agony, so the surgeon needed the resolve to proceed without hesitation, with confidence and deftness, important features of Liston's surgical technique. While the embodiment of the domineering surgeon, a complete picture of Liston includes a compassionate doctor devoted to his patients, convinced that they are best served by his command of the field and technical skill. And he didn't cut anybody up to eat them. No! Didn't eat a single person. Well, I'm actually more impressed with that than anything else, you know? I mean, yeah, he took off the dude's finger and, you know, and the guy's testicles, but, man, he didn't eat them. He didn't eat them. Like he, and he didn't even take the testicles home and sleep with them like that one dude. So, yes, in a plastic in bag. In a plastic bag. So, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. impressed. I'm pretty yes. impressed. <laughs> yeah. So, that's my Monday. Sweet. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check out the website at www.TwistedBlueLLC.com. Also, if you listen on Spotify, we have some questions and polls that are posted on our upcoming tracks and a few of the old ones, too. Hey, have some fun with it. Fuck around with it a little bit. You know, and if you feel like donating to us, there's even a thing where you can throw us a buck or two for a cup of coffee. Because we'd like that. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, man. (laughs) We go through a lot of damn coffee. (laughs) I noticed that. Half my group. Copy rock stars and freaking uh, body armor. Yeah. We go through a lot of that shit. (laughs) This show is copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. We will see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye.